Welcome to Everything Hurts. My name is Dan Quintana from the University of Oslo, and I'm here with James Heathers from the University of a Place. <laughs> Northeastern. Oh, come on. Northeastern. Do, do, a little, do a little better. Northeastern. Northeastern University. Northeastern yes. United States. No, I, I, I psyched myself out because I, I got it wrong a few episodes ago, and I keep getting Northeastern and Northwestern. I know. And it's easy to remember because there's you're only in Boston. really one university in Norway. I mean, everything else is <laughs> applied fishing studies. Yeah, yeah. Ba- basically. Now, some people might think that's rude, but um, it is, so you'll have to deal with that. Look, uh, we, are, we are the... I hope everyone is well. Are you well? I, I am well. I am well. Well, we were... I hope everyone who is listening is well. Are they well? Yeah, I'd like to think so. I, I hope that no one who is sick is wasting their time on us. <laughs> Hang on, I'm supposed to say positive things, aren't I? Um, nope, the moment's gone. Well, I, I hope that changes because uh, our last episode, we were talking about complaints and grievances, and we uh, we, we promised certainly were yeah, and, and we promised we were going to come back with part two, talking about uh, things that we like. Not everything's bad. There's been a lot of stuff, and we were even thinking... Think, of, things, things that we like about science, not like things Just, just in general. Like. <laughs> For instance, pro- right now I'm very fond of the band Bong Breaker. But that's not going to make a very good podcast. <laughs> it's very, no, but uh, yeah. You so, should have seen the look he gave me, Bong Breaker. <laughs> it's just like saying... It's, it's, like, it's like reading a calculus textbook to a horse... Just it's just a blank slate. Just doesn't know. But you, you, He's the we, man who made me listen to Jack Johnson, and then I wasn't allowed to kill myself yeah. afterwards. <laughs> we, we, are, we are talking things that we like about science. So uh, first up, James, what have you been liking about science recently? It's, it's reasonable to complain about methodological problems in the field it's very quickly become normal that people have recognized that problems that have been there i feel since i can remember learning about them in 10 15 years ago and all of a sudden they've they've really the discussion about this stuff about the things that things things that you're introduced to in theory when you're a young scientist and then things that become practical concerns when you're doing your own research and then things that are this, this whole discussion that we're having about meaning and methodology and occasionally statistics is now a real big thing, a real comma big discussion. Mm. And it hasn't been for a really long time. There's plenty of historical precedents for a lot of the issues that we talk about all the time. Now, replicability, power, p-hacking, meaning. We forget now that it's not, it's now it's, it's normal to take hard analytical looks at these issues that even five years ago, I mean... P-hacking seems like a normal thing to discuss now. It's a name that some guy came up with like four years ago. Was that recent? It, it, yeah. So uh, this, the, the fact that this discussion is happening at all is so infinitely preferable to the alternative that I'm all about putting that in a good things column. Yeah. It's the fact that it's going to have to happen because, I mean, when, when you were young, I mean, you're still young, sort of. 
you don't really behave like a young man, but you have the chronological age of a young person. You, you, you probably remember having dissatisfactions with stuff that you had to read earlier in your career when you were an undergraduate and you look inside a study and think, I don't think this has any, I don't think this has any meaning. Has, has anyone done this twice? Has anyone taken a closer look at this than what I'm seeing at present? Mm. What's, the, what's, what's, what's the real stomach of this issue here? What, what's, what's, what's really going on? Has, has, uh, has no one ever developed this result? Has everyone just published one thing once and then it becomes some kind of idea and you throw it at the uh, end of the story? It always there, puzzled me. We'll do something else. It always puzzles Sorry? me as an undergrad that um, we, we we'd hear these, particularly in first year, you'd hear these um you hear these results, and yeah. it's almost like it's gospel. One person did it once with a sample size of twenty, and um, I remember the, the first lecture I ever had, we learnt about the uh, the pen in the mouth study. You know the pen in the mouth study. Um, that that had a a ton of flaming hot garbage heaped on it. In the last month or so, did it not? Mm. So there was a big, uh, big replication effort. Um, where here's the problem. You know what the problem I always had with that study? You're supposed to. The whole idea is. I mean, Dan's not going to explain it because he doesn't do context. So I'll do context. <laughs> when you put a pen in your mouth, it makes a mouth shape that is associated with smiling. Mm. And when you tell someone to put a pen in their mouth, they will make a smiley face without mm. necessarily associating what they're doing with the instruction to be happy or to smile which obviously compromises your experiment completely. If you tell people, sit around and smile, and then we'll see if there is any inherent link between what's happening to your face and your mood, you will hopelessly compromise the experiment. So you shove a pen in their mouth. Oh, shut up! Sorry. <laughs> you, you, you put a pen in their mouth, and you have to... It, it, it forces your musculature to do the right thing without contaminating you with the expectation. It's a nice idea. Right, yeah. Uh, the only problem, there's t- two problems with that. One, uh, re- recently the replication said it didn't work. And the other is, if you've got my face and I put a pen in my mouth, it doesn't make me smile. <laughs> Look at this. Uh, it's just just a weird expression. Like, mm, like, like, it's, like just a- a, it's just a grumpy prick with a pen in his head. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. That, that was told to us almost like it was a, a real effect, like it was gospel. And then you have this replication to come out going, well, no, it's not, it's not the case. Because from the very beginning, from the very outset, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't actually demonstrated. Um, mm. So it, it, it's, it's crazy because you, you knew something was wrong, but then you didn't really, it wasn't really right to kind of go, well, someone has someone tried this again. Um, it's, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, it, the, the the primacy that we've given to such a long time of that makes it into the 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 published record. Uh, when it, once it's in the ledger, we need to stop being skeptical about it. It it becomes it becomes a non interactive piece of information. It becomes something where you don't you don't question the internal nature of it. You mm. simply take the conclusions and you read and think about the conclusions and how the conclusions co-associate with other conclusions which is also much much easier than actually thinking about what happened Mm. it's way easier but look we are having this discussion now this is a real 
This is a, a, a real thing that's happening all the time. And there's the, the, the rocks that are being thrown and the disagreements that are being had, everything, everything that's, that's happening right now is all a 100% necessary part of the process mm. because there are some gatekeeper sorts of people who don't really want to acknowledge the fact that this should have happened a long time ago. Mm. It's it's just it didn't, yeah. and we we you know you you play the cards you're dealt. You can't start the game again. It must be look if you were, if you were a, a generally a generally uncurious seventy year old social psychologist by now, you could be. I, I could understand you waking up in the middle of the night and having an existential crisis and drinking a lot more whiskey than usual. Mm. I, you you have to have. I mean, they're not, not. No one's accusing any of these people of being bad people. It's just, it's human nature to be defensive about things that are valuable to you. Look, I, I've got a bit of a theory here. These, a lot of these, obviously, these are issues now. And anyone who's publishing a study um, that's going to be published in a few years' time, who isn't actually abiding by these ideas, is going to be roundly criticised, and so they should be. However, you have all these studies coming out now, and we know that studies take years to be planned. So mm-hmm. you, you can't tell someone who's published a study, where's your protocol? Because a few years ago, no one was talking protocols. No one was really talking open science. So there's, there's almost this weird transition period between we know what to do, we know what to do is right, but we're still trying to publish our studies done using the old system. So that's where that tension is. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously there's some, there's some lag and yeah. that, that's that's and the that thing. Does, that does that does make things difficult for people. Yeah. And so I I think in a few years' time, when the people catch up with the lag, then we're going to have, you know, really cool stuff. Yeah. When 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 it's when it's a normal. Yeah, yeah. Look, would you would you agree with me that we can put the 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 fact that this discussion can exist at all in this kind of context? Can we put that squarely in the a okay? We're doing the right thing. A okay. Sort of. Yeah. Love it. Um, Obviously, this is quite psychologically specific right now, but it is, there is a broadness to it, is there not, that stretches into some other areas? I see some of it in medical science, I suppose, some areas of the biological sciences a little bit more. The the clinical sciences have solved a lot of these problems earlier purely because mm. of the of clinical trials and doing clinical yeah, trials. Um, not when it comes to open data, though. Yeah, okay. Um, the, bi- the biological sciences, um, yeah. Some areas of the biological sciences have been, have been pretty good with this kind of stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, as we mentioned in the last episode, there just seems to be something unique, though, about the psychological sciences. Extra sensitivity... Oh, yeah. Maybe it's because a lot of it doesn't matter. And they're trying to gussy it up like it does? No, just the fact that there's there's very few dangerous or practical consequences to someone being wrong about money priming. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. I mean, if you're, if you're wrong about Lipitor, you kill people. Mm. Um. And if you you know if you're if you're wasting money in drug discovery, you're hemorrhaging hundreds of millions of dollars chasing compounds that don't work, mm. or gene targets that are immediately wasting the psychotic amounts of money. 
I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that maybe it's the fact the immediate knock-on effect of a lot of these things is simply more research into the same effect. I don't know. Well, maybe 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 that's unfair. Maybe there's it has broader implications than I realize. And look, maybe there are only some specific examples. I'm already qualifying it, so let's not bother <laughs> pursuing that. What about one of yours? What's good, Dan? And mm. everything hurts. We talk about everything's great. Or maybe everything stopped hurting. Everything stopped hurting now. One thing um, that I've been thinking about recently is uh, protocols. People posting protocols. There was a, a protocol that came out yesterday, which was for a, a very uh, comprehensive study looking at oxytocin and autism. And, uh, they, okay. were, and they, they were going through and they detailed... Um, uh, exactly what they're going to do, all the measures, um, all their all their outcome measures, um, the the power analysis, justifications for power analysis, and and it was great. So in a few years' time, when this paper actually comes out, people can look back, and um, uh, you know I think clinical trial registration is one thing, and that that's almost the bare minimum. But when you actually start posting these protocols, then you get far more detail about what's going on, um, what's going on with these studies. Right on. Yeah, it's um, and uh, I mean, one, it's it's interesting just to see what other people are working on. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a fantastic way of actually um, um, having everything out there. So there's there's no way you can hide any outcomes. Um, and uh, you know, there's there's all this stuff at the moment with the uh, the pace trial looking at chronic fatigue syndrome, and the, the the biggest issue there was how they changed the definition of an outcome. Outcome changes. Mm, yeah, look, if if you have, I'd have to say in general, if you have a clinical trial that you've done and you really wish to give it a little bit of a, a hurry along, you want to make it better, there's absolutely nothing better than having flexible outcomes for your main items. Mm. Um. I wonder if there's a way to model that. Um, well, there is. There is an there initiative. Almost, there almost certainly is. I mean, I mean, just just in general. Oh, if you... we have if we have two groups that differ by a certain effect size, and we think of this like in a Monte Carlo kind of sense. Say, we, say we have a group of people who we treat and a group of people who we waitlist, and we assign them at random the values at random to for for the treatment group a small improvement in the effect and we assign to the regular group absolutely no change whatsoever so what happens when you allow yourself the freedom to take every cutoff that exists between those groups within you, do, you, do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's a great what, what's idea. What's the theoretical? What's the, how do you theoretically address the fact that I mean, if we're expect, expecting a small effect? So let's say, uh, let's say a quarter of a standard deviation. So what if we take those? If we take those two groups, and we use a, a a binary kind of outcome, of where we actually say that's treated, my son. Mm. Look at that. She's treated. He's not. If you have a fluidity where you accept every point, what's the relationship between that and the actual effect size? 
I don't know if anyone's asked that question, but it is comparatively simple to answer if it can be answered in the way that I just said, which well, it I know. might not be. If somebody, yeah, if there's anyone out there who's uh, <laughs> there's someone there's someone out there right now with a pocket protector going, oh, I'm gonna sort him out because that was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think the idea is good. And feel free, feel free to sort me out. It's a it's an interesting idea, but if it's a waste of time, then we don't need to talk about it. And I don't know that. But there is an initiative, I think it's called the Compare Initiative, where um, people are comparing the registrations with the outcomes. And I think only 9% of studies were perfect. Only 9% of studies actually... Do you have to be perfect? Okay, not not perfect, but saying like... Well, not perfect, but like basically they did what they said they were going to do without any... They mentioned all the outcome measures. They didn't leave anything out. What was primary in the protocol was primary in the paper um so i think only 10 9 to, around 10 percent. i saw a slide that um brian nozick um did a presentation somewhere and it was around that number around 10 percent had actually reported what they said they were going to report well okay yeah let me hunt for that and i'll i'll, I'll post it in the notes it's called yeah the compare initiative that's a very um I would have hoped that no, no matter how stringent you were with that, that uh, it was a little bit higher than 10%. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, uh, the, the idea would be that maybe only 10% were like blatantly shifting things around. Um, 80% were like, it could be put down to sloppiness or just, just not, you know, being detailed enough. Whereas only 10% really stuck by the letter. Makes me sure, think because I, I, yeah. I'm I'm currently writing up um, results from our clinical trial and I'm looking back at the looking back at the registration, looking back at the paper, making sure that everything is actually. <laughs> uh, I, I know what I did, but I just need to make sure that everything is um uh, is the same, knowing that uh, someone uh, mm. in the future is probably going to be looking at it. Yeah, sure. How about it? How about another good thing? Okay, um, Twitter and social media for the perp- yeah social media for the purposes. Of learning statistics, yeah. Good lord! So th- this is. I probably... wasn't expecting you to say that at all. Yeah. Okay. So I, I've basically relearned how to do stats purely from seeing stuff on Twitter and Facebook, people posting cool stuff, ideas, particularly like I, ideas around power analysis, around meta analysis, around using R, um, just general statistical approaches, um, how to plot stuff, all this cool stuff I've learned almost single-handedly through Twitter. Huh. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm surely I can't be the only one. I, I know there's a, there's a whole bunch of people um, that, are, that are following conversations online, following interesting people who are just fantastic with stats. Mm. And the thing is, these things are, are going to become normal in, a few, in, in, in one, two years' time. But by actually yeah. following these conversations online, yep. you can um, get ahead of it. Like, I've learned, I learned Bayesian. I didn't know what Bayesian stats were a few years ago. Now I know how to do them. I didn't know how to do decent meta-analysis. Now, at least I think I know how to do them, do them a lot better. All this, uh, all this stuff... I've picked up from uh, from social media. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, the um, that was one of the things that's on my list is closely related to to that. It's the I'm just old enough to remember 
having to spend a non-insignificant amount of time in a physical library. I visited a library for the first time in about a decade, about a month ago. And I uh, okay. I um I had to uh, I had to visit a librarian. Um, I was doing um uh, writing a meta-analysis protocol, and the reviewers were like, um, if you really truly following the Prisma guidelines, if you look in the guidelines, it actually says that you should consult an academic librarian. Um, so I'm like, all right, huh. and and it's true. And the thing is, when when you're doing actually quite complex analyses, um, they know how to. Do, that's their job. They know how to do the the proper search strings. They know these databases back to front. They were fantastic. That they, they, they were excellent. I, I sat down with with um with two librarians from the um uh, medicine at uh, University of Oslo, and we went went through all the things, got all the search terms together, and uh, it, it really it really improved uh it really improved the search. But that meant I had to actually step into a library for the first time in a long while. Oh Lord. Yeah. Well, that's uh like that's 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 a good thing. Hmm. You know my opinions on. The value of academic librarians are well known. That's right. Um, the but look the the primary the primary interconnectedness of people and ideas is still a long way from reaching its full potential. It's even still got a long way to go, and it's so much more. It's so much better than it used to be. And one of the one of the great things about this now is a uh, is SciHub. Um, because it's something I've, I've written about this previously. The, the, the thing that it really changes is the instantaneity of being able to obtain locked information. Now, obviously the internet reduces this dramatically from paper copies, but Sci-Hub reduces it from, uh, journal access to literally URL level mm. access. Mm. So I've seen plenty of discussions between people who are responsible, middle-aged to elderly academic types, you know, real leather patches kinds of people where they go, well, well have you considered this? And they just, the, the arguments or discussions are peppered with sci-hub.cc slash the DOI yeah. thing because you just click the damn thing. Too it's easy. easier than sending the paper. As everything's parked somewhere, it's easier than sending the paper. It's just clickety-clack, there it is. So it's not just fueling access for people who are unable to pay the extortionate and unjustifiable amount of money demanded by academic publishers. Um, the Yeah, let's not... I'm, yeah, I felt... Uh, I was going to have an emotion there, but I'm going to refrain from having an emotion today. But what's good... Um, yeah, see, that's, uh, yes, that's obviously why, Dan. God, oh, you've, 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 you think I've forgotten. You think I've done, we've done 22 minutes of a podcast <laughs> on a topic of what's good stuff and you think it's slipped I, I, my I, mind. I saw the, I saw the look in your eyes. Oh, did I do a look? Uh, I was looking at the, I was looking at the window because there's a, there's a nice view and it, it suddenly started to go pink. I pull myself back from the brink. <laughs> Yeah, SciHub goes on my list of good things um, simply because it's shaking the cage. It's shaking the cage so damn hard, you know? Mm. It's like, oh, you're supporting something that's illegal. It's something that's illegal designed to heavily disrupt a business that's immoral. And, you know, you have to make your own mind up about something like that. 
I don't think there's much in the Australian ethos where respect for the rule of law under all circumstances <laughs> is a particularly important thing. It's in the Constitution. Would you agree with that? It's in the Constitution. <laughs> ah, man. Look, I think it's um, it's it's having, it's having. I, I would really love to see a, a detailed. I know there's an article on this a while back. I'd love to see a detailed look of where people are actually using it. And I can bet there will be people who've got databases with good access but crap UI. Is, it, have really, you ever seen a good a database with good UI? I haven't. Uh, some of them are less bad. But nothing that's as good. Like I want something that's as good as SciHub. I want to get the DOI, plug the DOI into my university library thing, and get the paper. I don't want to. Ah, oh, it's yeah. But yeah. what you want is a is a Chrome widget where you you look through and it manages to search and or find. You want to take the click right out of that and have something that just bashes it right out of whatever database it's sitting in. Well, there is a Chrome, a Chrome widget. I know some journals, are, uh, some journals are really annoying in that they load the PDF inside a window inside the window. And there's a, there's a Chrome um, widget called um, get me the damn PDF. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. I've got to look that up. Yeah, I've had and- all sorts of trouble for as long as I can remember thinking I should keep a copy of this paper for my records. If I'm ever on a plane or a train or something, this might be something useful to come back to. I would save a local copy. And you save it and it goes, do you want to save a Chrome HTML document? I go, no, fuck you with scissors. I want the damn document. Give me the document. And you try, you try all this other stuff, and it does, you know, push F11 and look at the code of the page. Like that's actually <laughs> the, the, the thing that's going on. Everything, why must everything have layers? Ah, oh, anything that can circumvent anything like that, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of. Frankly, ah, mm. uh, this is this is good. Look, no one said I've only, uh, I've only made the recording clip with yelling twice. I've been watching. Excellent. Well, let's take. Yeah, it is uh, good, isn't it? Let's take a let's let's uh, let's take a break here, and we'll um we'll we'll come back in a calm, positive fashion with more positive things. This is a blatant violation of the Constitution of the Commonwealth of Australia, and when it comes to violations, they don't come any bigger. What section of the Constitution has been breached? Section? What, what section? There is no one section. It's just the vibe of the thing. Welcome back to Everything Hurts. And today we are talking about uh, everything's great. That's the, the, the topic of today's episode. But before we get back into it, we just want to... It's a, uh, it's, a general, it's a general meditation on positive developments in specifically the biological sciences, but also anything else we the hell feel like. Yes, that's there right. There you go. Perfect. But before we continue to talk about that, Dan would like to be relentlessly positive about people who listen to our show. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for listening. We're... um. We uh, have a lot of support on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, if you're not, uh, if you're not, not following us already, uh, just search Everything Hurts Podcast on Facebook and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Hurts Podcast. Uh, that's where you can also 
give us ideas for episodes. We've got some fantastic ideas in the past and you can also hop on Facebook and we also link to um, extra stuff. We, we were uh, speaking about the, the castle, a great Aussie film in our last episode. So I posted some clips there on our Facebook page and on our Twitter account. And mm. that's also a really it's how good... people of the world come together. This is how you learn actual Australian cultural touchstones. Yes. By listening to our wonderful dulcet tones. Can't I, was, say I, I was actually horrified to learn that um, for the, uh, the US release of The Castle, they overdubbed some of the Australianisms. You've got to be kidding! No. Why would you do that? I know because that—that's a whole appeal of the film. There, there, there's there's a bit where the uh, the the mum is um they're talking about rissoles, but rissoles, uh, yeah. but no rissoles, it, but it's overdubbed to uh, to meatloaf. Oh yeah, God, that's cultural. That's cultural imperialism yeah, right there. Yeah, that, that's that what it looks like. So hop- the American telling me that prawns are called shrimps. Shrimp. So you hop- pricks walk into the sea. <laughs> so hop on social media, and uh, that's also a great way to um, to tell your friends about the show. We don't have any advertising. We don't we don't make any money. We actually lose a little bit of, a little bit of money when it comes to the hosting, but we don't care because we have a lot of fun doing it. But if you could tell your friends, that would be fantastic. Share it on Facebook, the uh, Everything Hurts fan page, and um, talk about the episodes on Twitter. We would, uh, we would love that. Yeah, yeah, we would. We'd love it. Dan would love it behind the bins at a middle school. <laughs> we, uh, so yeah, we were, we were talking. Uh, everything is 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 okay. Everything is thumbs up. What's your? Uh... Actually, actually, everything's fine. Really, is things are going well. Yeah. Uh, so, what was your? What was your next thing, James? My next thing. Um... I like the fact that there's a there's a series of different things within scientific infrastructure, everything in general, where there are gatekeeper there are uh, 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 gatekeepers, I suppose, people, individual journals, publication types, etc. Uh, especially, especially journals. And when when they start to go away, I, I don't I don't trust people with inherent authority. I don't necessarily trust journals that have um, a, a reputation as being the amazing thing. Um, I haven't had. I mean, I, I suppose look, if you get to a certain level and you meet all the people who are behind the journal. The editors and the uh, the associate editors and the board and you know the people in the society that that run the damn thing. Maybe you have a better idea of how how well it works. But a lot of the time, things things that are supposed to be inherently impressive haven't impressed me, and things that are that have no reputation for being impressive one way or the other have. I've probably mentioned this before. Oh, God, for Christ's sake, Boston. Will everyone just die quietly? <laughs> oh, good Lord. This is, is an unfortunate thing about our it's new a bit house. Like a, uh, there's a crime happening on your street. 
Oh, there was last night. Someone ran over a cyclist outside. Um, and now, there's, yeah, unfortunately, on the main road, the ambulances come one way, the fire engines come the other way. So they, um, every time someone dies, I get to hear yeah, about the, it. The, the nexus like, of, uh, of, of, of the universe. Yeah, yeah, which is, it's never a problem because you never pay the slightest bit of attention. And usually during the middle of the day, I'm listening to Bong Breaker. But, um, <laughs> or something like it. But when you record a podcast, it suddenly becomes cutting. Um, which is why I came up with my idea of recording in the closet. But we're not doing that today because I have to test my hardware. Anyway, I digress. Um, I might have told you previously that I've had extraordinarily good experiences with review at PLOS One. And this is from both directions. This is both reviewing papers, thinking I've done a comprehensive job, and then seeing other people just improve things way out of sight for absolutely no reason. This has happened three or four times. And also handing papers over in the first place. Um, I don't know if it's just purely luck. I don't know maybe if it's because of the ethos. When you go, we're going to accept the fact that we're going to keep this in its present form. So we put as much effort as possible in reviewers' remarks to improving it rather than the idea that we're having an argument of whether or not it should exist at all. We meet some minimum criteria and everything that I've reviewed or everything that I've published there has been accepted. Right? Uh, I've never had any total... I'm, not, I'm sure that happens all the time. I'm sure they bounce a quarter, a third or something. People turn up and ha, 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 ha. I have a competitive theory of having a pig in my ear. And it's, oh, it's all bullshit. Go away. Um, I'm sure that happens plenty. But when things meet a certain minimum standard, it seems like everyone invests all their energy in making sure that the paper uh, lives on its merits as, as much as possible. So... And also, you know, you submit things to big journals and be rejected out of hand for crap reasons. Mm. But it's something that you know you look right inside. You're like, I, 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 there are things I don't like about my own work, but rejecting it on that basis is capricious and cursory and stupid. And I know that you haven't put any thought into this because you don't know who I am. I don't have a name, I'm not from a place, I'm not your special friend, you haven't met me. So when that starts to die, or at the very least, that starts to get weakened, the idea that all you really need to do is have it be good and stick it somewhere into an ongoing conversation where people will leave remarks on it in the public domain, either on PubMed or on uh, PubPeer or something similar, and that people will cite it if they've heard of it and if that's any good. And that's entirely down to you, not the reputation of something that was started in the 1920s by long dead white people. So gatekeeperism, I am very distrustful of. Are you, and are you seeing it I like to see, I like to see it get hepatitis. <laughs> and it's happening. So that's a good thing. Yeah, that was actually one coherent thought. I wasn't just listing things one <laughs> after the other that were fun to say. Does uh, that like, make sense? Yeah, I really like the idea of blinded review. Um, I mean, quite often you can pretty much tell who it is um, if, if it's been yeah, sent to but, you. Yeah, I, but I, I've, I've made that criticism myself. The thing is that what you don't know is that you can figure out where they're from, but you don't know the extent of the team. They could have gone out. You go, okay, you're probably they're based here. Probably it's this first author and this senior author because of the two previous identical papers they've done in the precise subfield on this. But what you don't know is if you're going, this is the thing, if you're going out and adding 
senior authors for fun. Yeah? Or if you're actually having uh, people from other workgroups do tons of, like, a really serious multi-site analytical look at something will be presented exactly the same way that uh, cursory bullshit is that has no interest outside of an extraordinarily small ecological niche in the scientific ecosystem. Oh, roll it back, James. Let's not be too fancy. <laughs> ecological niche shit. Um, sorry, I get the feeling like I interrupted you just then. You got me on a roll now. No, no, no that, that's, that's fine. Um, oh. Yeah, the, the, I, I like these new initiatives that journals are doing to, to remove that bias. Um, I mean, there is the, um, the the superstar or the lack of being a superstar type bias, the institution yeah. where you come from. People make judgments whether they whether they know it or not. Um, yeah, for and, sure. Yeah, so it, it you is... can't you can't add like I said you can't add certainly one thing you can't do you can't add bullshit senior authors to a blinded review. It doesn't make the slightest bit of difference. Yeah, and that that's so you definitely going to stop that. You can't add perceived authority by rolling in your friend, the senior expert, who's so incredibly clever. And a lot of people try shit like that. Um, you know? Oh, we should put him on because they'll respect his name. Well, now his name's got nothing to do with it. So, does he still get the freebie? Mm. Yeah, that authorship, authorship shit we should have a, a collective discussion about. Most, most of the stories that I've heard somewhere of... I'm a PhD or a postdoc or a junior researcher somewhere and I've been dicked out of something and something's gone wrong, I'd say more than 50% of them involve authorship in some way. Sure. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a massive problem, especially the, the, gift, the gift authorships. And, yeah, um, that's, that's bullshit. Yeah. It's, um, I have been, I've been in situations where I've been party to that. Not where I've done it, where I've suggested it, or, or I've let it slide quietly, as you can probably imagine. But where people have said in a reasonably straightforward manner, oh yeah, we should just knock we should just knock XYZ onto that. He'll say yes. He thinks it's pretty good, and then it'll look clever. Then we'll all look clever. Go look clever by yourself, you low expectation motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I have never actually considered that as a benefit of blinded review. I'm even more of a fan now because before I used to think oh, I know who this is, I know, yeah, for sure. I know, who, I know who the first author is. I know the the the, the loose research group, but then my, my thoughts haven't. Um, yeah, brilliant. You've uh, yeah, yeah. We're solving problems left, right, center. I like it. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> I are. like. I've I've enjoyed the blinded reviews that I've done. I've in, enjoyed them. Uh, for. For a few, for a few reasons, is I, I feel that it's it gives you this space where nothing exists but what's being said, and I know that there are there's a series of expectations that comes up with anything like that. Oh, those those four people at George Washington, I know them, they're good. Well, you know, how do you get established if you are if you only just got good? Mm, yeah. Uh, or what happens with um? In the one thing, another thing, blinded review is going to do is when people are saying we we publish this method, but we 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 use this method uh, as it was previously used in these two papers. 
Now, you don't know if there's these people saying we're doing our own method again or we're doing someone else's method. But you have a little bit more freedom to go, well, it's wrong. So this paper and probably the previous two as well, you should probably pulp them. Um, mm. Next time, learn about what you're measuring before you deploy measurements and stop wasting the public's money. Yes, simpleton. But you can't say that, obviously. I mean, mm. that's just... I, I, I tend to try and... I, I, I like to keep all of these remarks on a... like 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 an id level. <laughs> I don't think there's, there's, there's any point trying to moderate it here. You no, know? no. I, I, I feel that That's it's, not what it's the fans more want. fun to say it slightly worse yeah. <laughs> than it actually is. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. I don't... Yeah, that's just... I don't know. I'd be horrified if there were lots of people out there taking me really seriously. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good thing. This is a good thing about uh, science right now. But we can we can do this. I mean, you, you originally wanted to do a podcast to some extent because there weren't any... There's plenty of stuff that's about science in a lot of different contexts There's plenty of stuff that is oh look someone did a paper on whatever we wrote a we wrote a story about it there's plenty of people who are outside looking in but i think the actual the 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 nature and the culture around doing it because mm. you didn't feel like anyone was was talking about that and yeah you know and now we can do it you're sitting on the other side of the world in your fjord <laughs> Eating roll mops and um, you know, invading my day with your terrible me and enormous forehead, terrible haircut and horrible opinions. <laughs> oh, uh, and for, as an exercise for readers, only one of those things is true. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the haircut. Yeah. You look like my old cat used to chew toothbrushes. You look like that. <laughs> your old cat. Uh, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Is that my one's dead. My old cat Badger. Oh, he's quite dead. He could, he could, he would fight dogs, but he couldn't fight a car. <laughs> oh, it's horrible, horrible business. But yeah, many years ago. Anyway, look, my dead cat's not a good thing about science. Let's have one of yours. Let's have a last one of yours. Actually, we're going to try and keep these a reasonable size. Yeah. Yeah. I, right. I, I'm going to go with uh, the idea of uh, reproducible science or reproducible analysis. Um, just to give a great example today, um, there was one thing I was looking at doing, but I just had, uh, um, that was, uh, taking a a Bayesian approach to meta-analysis, but I had no idea how to do it. And then, um, I came across, um, I was just chatting to this guy on the, um, the, the psychology methods, uh, Facebook group and, uh, we were chatting back and forth and he, he was like, oh yeah, I've actually done this meta-analysis, um, which I think you'd be interested in. He, he, here's the preprint on, um, on OSF and here's the R code. I'm like, I'm like, cool. And it was, um, he was doing something that was, um, uh, it's exactly what I want to do. And because the script is there, it's, it's going to be incredibly easy for me to, uh, to, to reproduce and do that thing. And, nice. um, yeah. And remember how we did our episode on, um, on, uh, oxytocin and spirituality. Um, I think it was about five, six episodes ago. Yes. I do you remember I was, I was expecting the paper to be nothing but, flies and spiders mm. and after you told you know a lot more about this than i do and you took a good close look at it and said it's not as bad as you might think 
yeah methodologically and, and maybe a lo- we can maybe we can be a little bit more generous than that so you know that's your call and a, a lot of the reason behind that was they they posted their um their, their data online so i was able to to grab the data give it a bit of a shake have a look at it i was mm-hmm. able to reproduce uh i mean that they were just doing fairly straightforward analysis so it was it was easy to Good. like there was t-test and anivers i was able to reproduce it uh, perfectly from memory um and then take a look at um, other ways of looking at it, um, and sure. um, it was it was it was quite straightforward. But with more complex nice. stuff, we, yeah. We, and and the thing is, I think now uh, I think they're the, the the institution's media department got a hold of it. There's been press releases, and even though the paper came out about a month ago, now it seems to be blowing up online. Um, this whole oxytocin and spirituality stuff. That, but anyway, that, if you're interested, that, that happens. Yeah, that's yeah. look. University media departments. Uh, sometimes they will go around to departments and go published anything recently because we're out of shit. And you, you know, you throw them something that already happened. Or, or you can just go, tell oh, them yeah, that this will be this will be good. Tell them that you so recently they, reviewed you know, a paper. If you've got a big one, you're better off of working with a media department. And um, I've I've met a few people from different ones, and they're usually they're usually certainly good enough at what they do they're very um, good they, they, know what they doing. can be without the a little bit of direct guidance on the guts of what's actually happening it can be a little bit disastery yeah but the, you, you read you're the some expert, of them and you them. think the people who did this research had no involvement in this whatsoever <laughs> um but i don't think you can come out then immediately after that and gain say your own university's media department no, everything they said about my research is bullshit. I mean, yeah, that's not <laughs> not going to happen. But re- not re- going to happen. Reproducible scripts. Uh, the the rise of um of things like R or you know doing stuff in MATLAB, and it's not just statistics. It's actually running tasks. So if you have a cool yeah, script sure. in E Prime, in MATLAB, you can post it and people can do it. This is really good, and uh, it's only doing positive stuff for science. Uh, it makes you uh, more comprehensive with your actual work, and it also means that people can do it. And if you've done something unique, uh, people will also cite you as well because they've they've taken your code. Well, they should. Yeah, they, don't have, they, don't, so. they don't have to. They don't have to, depending on 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 what what they did. But uh, yeah, it's 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 great. Huge huge fan of it. And it's it's one of those things because when I was thinking about this episode, I was thinking about what wasn't around when I was doing my PhD, when I was doing my honors, when I was doing my undergrad. Mm. And I think all the things that we women, taught, all, all the things. Um, all the things that we were talking about weren't around about five years ago. Well, yeah. weren't, well, weren't around. That's, that's progress. That's huge. Yeah, progress. look, I think yeah, yeah. You you, you can get uh, the, the 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 difference between like, dissatisfied with the pace of progress is like that's a, a a luxury that you get only when progress is happening. Yeah. So now you're talking about the rate of change rather than the fact that it's there or not. It's, it's been a massive difference. I I, I remember. Even during my PhD, like that was one of the first times I'd actually heard of open access journals. And the first time I heard about it, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. this is ridiculous because I was under the impression that the author had to pay this out of their own. I don't know how things worked. I was thinking, oh man, the author has to pay this out of their own pocket. Like, what, what kind of what, <laughs> what kind of scam is this? A thousand yeah. bucks. This He's is falling for this. This is the worst idea ever. But then it wasn't until really the end of my PhD where I'm like, hang on a minute, that's not how this works. You can get you get funding through this way. Uh, and these are the benefits, and this is why subscription-based journals um, are, are bad, um, and, and this is what you can do, and the benefits of open access, and uh, now it's completely different. So I've, I've gone from not even knowing what it meant to being being a, a mad advocate for it in, in a very short space. Same thing when it comes to learning all the statistical stuff. 
protocols, posting protocols. I, I didn't know that was a thing. Usually these were kept private behind some locked door, but now it's out in the open. Mm. Yeah, I think there's, there's in general, there's less defenses for not knowing what you're doing. Good point. I like that. Mm. You know, you back yourself to get it right. Yeah. I think you probably you probably should. And I mean and <laughs> it's how, probably a good state of mind to be in. You should you should be. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, well, we have to actually have to go and do some science today. I can't just yeah, sit so. around sit around talking to the likes of you forever about how <laughs> it's all great. I'm gonna go and do some of it. It make probably it, won't work. Make it better. But thanks for thanks for listening. That that was part two of um of our Smaller, small mini series. Everything hurts. Everything sucks. Everything hurts. It's getting a bit better. Great. <laughs> what did we even call the first one? Uh complaints and grievances. Complaints and grievances. What's the what's the the spiritual analog, the positive analog of complaints and grievances? We'll we'll have to think of that, and uh, that'll be the title of the episode. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Until next week, we are everything hurts podcast sort of sort of (laughs) see you later